Hey, everybody. My name is Michelle Williams. You are listening to Five Questions with my friend, Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Destiny's Child member and author, Michelle Williams. Michelle rose to fame as a member of the R&B group Destiny's Child, one of the best-selling female groups of all time with over 60 billion records sold. After the group disbanded in 2006, she went on to release solo albums, appeared in Broadway shows, and acted in several sitcom series like Chicago and The Color Purple. More recently, she wrote Checking In and The Daily Check-In, which we discuss in this podcast episode. Michelle, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you so much, Dan, for having me. I'm excited about these questions. After graduating from high school, why did you doubt your ability to make a career as a professional singer and pursue a criminal justice degree? The reason why I doubted being able to have a career in music is because I never saw it. I never saw anyone in my family do it, but I have seen doctors in my family. There's three. So I knew that there are professionals in my family. I knew that they went to school. And I also think my mother kind of discouraged it because she did not think her whole thing was you better get a job because if you get a job and get insurance your 401k it's safer and that is not promised making a career in music yeah it's definitely riskier Mm -hmm. but if you've got the talent you definitely have a, a shot at succeeding. I do find that people do model people around them. Like if you don't see anyone in your family, like you were saying, who's doing what you aspire to do, mm-hmm. you might default to what their career path was because it's right in front of you and they yeah. can actually tell you how to achieve it. Absolutely. And you know what? There's always a first for everything. Like my uncle Charles, he's the first physician in the family. Now he didn't see anybody, but it took somebody to say, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna go beyond what's normal. Once he became a doctor, his son became a doctor, then his nephew became a doctor. I saw that growing up to say, I knew that I would be successful because I saw success. After meeting Beyonce and Kelly Rowland in the lobby of an Atlanta hotel, how did you know that you could make it as a music group? They just had that eye of the tiger. No matter what, whatever obstacle was thrown their way. They were awesome, professional, but still at the end of the day, sometimes some lions and tigers, they'll let you cuddle up. They're sweet, but when it's time to go to work, they're focused. It's time to go to work. So that's what I saw. And I knew that if I were never to be in the group after meeting them, I could say I met some of the most awesome, kind women. I think part of it is you saw some of yourself and them exhibiting the same qualities, the work ethic, and you're like, yeah, they're, work ethic they're like me. And, yeah, and sacrifice. When I look back, I wasn't into hanging out with my friends. I was into research, reading. I was into music. I remember sacrificing my lunch break to go sit with my music teacher in high school to learn arias and take voice lessons. And when you were rising to fame, a lot of people dished you advice. Everyone became an expert around you and knew it was best for you suddenly. What's the balance Mm -hmm. between getting counsel from others and listening to your own inner voice when making career and life decisions? Before Destiny's Child, I sang background for Monica 
for about six or nine months. And I just remember getting the phone call, going, I didn't ask permission. That same thing when I got the call to go to Houston to have a formal visit with Beyonce and Kelly, I prayed. I told my music director at my church that I got a phone call to go to Houston. I prayed about it and I'm going to go. That was it. Because I noticed when I asked six or seven people, it brings anxiety, uncertainty, instead of, like you said, following that spirit guide, which is your intuition. Yeah, you got to put yourself out of your comfort zone. This episode is sponsored by Workplace from Meta. People being people, we can't help but make our work more personal and more human. Whether that's bringing something from our personal life into our work life, like quirky mugs or family photos, or maybe little acts of kindness to colleagues. Whatever you bring to work to help you be you, Workplace celebrates it. Their easy to use features make work feel more familiar as well as help everyone work together in new ways. Visit workplace.com human to discover more. Workplace from Meta, make your place of work a great place to work. And you talk about anxiety and depression that you face in your book, Checking In. Yes. What did you learn during your process of healing that could be useful to anyone looking to manage their mental health better? I used isolation as a way to cope, but I've learned that even dealing with depression and anxiety, a lot of people say, get around community. But sometimes you do need that time to steal away, to center and heal and make sure you're making the decisions for you. You're creating and you're realizing what boundaries need to be set so you don't get yourself back in a place of anxiety and depression. I think I've learned that in going on four years of the word, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. Has been working wonders, Dan. Well, you can't do everything. So you, you're going to have everything? to say no. And it's better yeah. to say no to things you really don't think yeah. are the best use of your yeah. energy, effort, Absolutely. Uh, and presence in general, right? It's, Absolutely. It can be very exhausting to be around the wrong people in the wrong environment. So if you can mm -hmm. put yourself in a position where you're around healthy people who love you and want to be around you and support Absolutely, you, Dan. you're more likely to be happy and succeed. Because I find that when I'm when I go someplace I don't want to go, I'm looking at the watch. Then I'm out the door, <laughs> you know. So I was like. Mm -hmm to do that. I don't want to do that. Definitely. And what's your best piece of career advice? With any career, there are some things you're going to have to do until you're able to do what you want to do. There are certain venues you're going to have to perform in, or if you're a public speaker, you might be asked to speak in a college study room. Do it. I did. <laughs> see, Dan, it's all preparation. hundred percent. And see, I didn't have, we didn't have social media to where I can compare my progress versus someone else's progress. Now, folks want the arena now and don't appreciate that 10-seater, that 50-seater, that 100-seater. Now, those that went through the process appreciate that 100-seater, and depending on what it is, will go back and perform at that 100-seater when they just got through doing a 100,000 or a 10,000-seater. Because you understand the process. You also understand where you came from. And there are times you give back to those arenas and places that you spoke at, sang at, cooked at, whatever it is. And you just go back to let people know it can be done. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Michelle. To follow her journey, you can read the daily check-in and find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where she shares appearances, inspiration, and advice. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes.